Creative, and welcome back to the Empowered Creatives podcast, finding confidence between hustle and burnout. I'm your host, Victoria Hines, creative career coach, helping creatives just like you navigate those twists and turns in your creative career. My guest this week is the incredible Lori Cochran. As a painter and photographer, Lori loves to capture landscapes and natural views. She has been able to combine her love of nature and her love for painting to create paintings that are contemplative and reflective. As a mature adult, she returned to university and has a fine arts degree. Lori has been in numerous exhibitions and has won many awards, and art collectors from as far as Australia, Germany, Japan, UK, and Canada all enjoy her paintings. So welcome to the show, Lori. It's lovely to be here. Thank you very much. You're welcome. All right. So I'm going to kick it off with my big question that I usually ask everybody. What do artists need to know is possible today? Victoria, I love your questions. (laughs) That's a big one. I think for myself, it would be feel the fear and do it anyway. Hmm. Is there a time in your life where you've had to face the fear and do it anyway? Uh, Yes, many times. Um, We'll use the artistic uh, hat first. I think on the journey of, of, you know, being a creative, for me, it was organic. So it just started uh, in my later years when I was a mother of two doing community classes. But then it was like, oh, why don't you enter this show? And of course, you'd say, I don't know, it's not good enough. And then I would. But the more recent in my career was in 2017, when I had put out a uh, letter of interest to be on a cruise ship to start. Mm. And I had a response that said, thank you very much. And then a week later, it said, "Me, you know, yes, you are invited on the cruise out of Fremantle, Perth. There was no interview. Just meet at the ship, have your bags packed, and you have to get on stage and present um, a topic for an hour. And that was very fearful. Um, I did get on the ship. My husband and I were greeted by the entertainment staff, and she handed me a mic and said, okay, Laurie, we're going to do a rehearsal. Get on the stage. I, I thought I was going to teach painting. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so I had to feel the fear and do it anyways. And I had a beautiful person like yourself. For some reason, I can resonate. She was young. Uh, she was uh, aware of my anxiety, mm-hmm. more so than I was. And she taught me how to hold the mic and use it because I'm a mm. painter. I am not, right. a, I'm not a speaker. And, um, I'll never forget Katie's empathy. So I I did a little test run. And then that day there was the audience. And I actually uh, am spontaneous, as you might know by now. (laughs) I've learned through many, or a few conversations, yes. (laughs) Well, if I have too much time to think, I overthink. Yep. So I got up on stage and um, I presented, um, I, I was prepared, like I did have, you know, um, the view out there because I'm very much into landscape and how awe-inspiring it is and how I wanted them on their journey of four days to enjoy the view out there as we're rounding the tip of Australia and the waves are over, you know, 
five meters. But <laughs> the reality of that was um, it was a interview process. So the interview had never happened until I got on the ship and they were watching how I worked with the uh, staff and the clientele. And then when it came to painting classes, that was easy. So they said, would you like to do more? Um, and I thought four days is fine. This is, I don't need to do more, but I did tick a box to go around the world, um, not knowingly. Um, so I got an email about seven months later to say, would you like to do um, UK through the Panama Canal, Pacific, and up to Australia, and then to the far port of Fremantle, Australia. Uh, my husband being an adventure was beside me when I saw the email saying, would you like to do this? And I said, hell no. How many days was it? 52 days. Oh my gosh. So that was very fearful. And he looked at me and said, but this is a great opportunity. And he wasn't looking at it through his eyes only. He was, he knows me. And I said, but I don't think I can live on a ship for that long. I don't think I could teach for that long. I had all the no's. What mm -hmm. And it's nice when you have someone like yourself, because I know you're a coach and you might dispel the what if what if there's a hurricane what if we get to bermuda and we go into the black hole <laughs> yep all all those fears all of the like the worst possible things that could possibly happen on that trip so the the and and you have to understand i'm sitting in a northern uh at the time i'm in canada and i'm i'm saying wow I have to supply all the equipment, which means I have to try to find the equipment in Northern Ontario to get on a ship in the UK. Make a long story short, I said yes. All right. What made you decide to finally say yes? I kind of went, you'll never have this chance. The door is opening. Try it. And what do you have to lose? I was very fortunate. You do need to have a supportive partner if you're going to do this. So I was the uh, art teacher. And so David, my husband, was my, you know, go-to. Other people that were doing it, like writers, they might have had their husband, uh, craft lady. You, you do need someone else on there to assist you. So mm. I think, to be quite honest, it was, let's give it a go. I have nothing to lose. And I can get off the ship, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> you can run away. <laughs> but just so you know, I want to tell you, the first day we had the worst hurricane coming. Oh, gosh. And we haven't even gotten around to France. And the, the captain was delightful. He said, we can't do uh, Spain. We have to go straight up. We have to get ahead of it. So we're going right into the Atlantic. And there's the islands, the Azores. Okay. And I went, yeah, they've got lighthouses. I'm into lighthouses. That was one of my biggest um, symbol of hope. Mm -hmm. And I went, I can do this. And David, David's out on the deck when it's storming. And I say, what the heck's going on with you? But he used to work in the North Sea as a deep sea diver. So he knew what 
the other questions were. And I'm going, 40 years of marriage, I don't know you. Get in the ship and hide. <laughs> Anyhow, it was delightful. We, we got to the Azores. We were ahead of the storm. And from that point on, it was a very, very good trip. But then I had to learn, feel the fear and do it anyhow. You have a partner that you've never worked with. Ooh, yeah. And you are in a four by four cabin and you have to live with them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this was a comedy show. So it was like, I'm a creative with a movement Mm -hmm. background, phys ed, um, art background, and he's an engineer. I, I cut once and measure after he measures five times and cuts, you know, the old, (laughs) yep. Then I had to learn to his credit. He was absolutely delightful. And he, uh, you know, he was very charming because you have 15 people in a room and you have to, within an hour, do a a program. You want to get them settled. Mm -hmm. You want to get them into a technique and you want it to be there. So my intent was purely, I want, I'm there for the student and nothing more. And uh, he said, what are you planning tomorrow? I said, I don't know. (laughs) I do know. I am very, I'm very knowing that I have to work with the people, but I think why I'm telling you this is it is important to plan, but you have to be flexible. Mm -hmm. It's important to have fears dispel them Mm -hmm. the word fear stands for false evidence appearing real Mm. and there was a lot of false evidence there for me to say no it's it's this this is doable so that was um that was a wonderful experience and that's why i started with feel the fear and do it anyway and we did get to the port of Fremantle, and we were landed safe and sound that's good yeah. Yeah. It's it's hard to remember that sometimes the best the best moments in our life, the best stories, the best the um the moments where we really kind of level up in our careers, they all come from I feel like they all start with a place of fear. Thank they you. start with that that anxiety and fear kind of taking over like a door, like you said, like a door is opening and like you have the option to walk through into into the unknown. Or to be like, nope, I'm going to close this door. This is too scary. Too many things could happen. Go wrong. Like a hurricane. (laughs) What do you feel like you gained from saying yes to that experience? I learned a lot about myself. And I actually became a better teacher. Um, Mm. One, when you are an art teacher, or a teacher, like facilitator, whatever, it's a solo job. Your feedback comes from your students. Um, in 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 the modern days, you ask that. In the old, like uh, you know, I, I'm a, a mature student, so I, I would teach a class and just not. I would stay for feedback, but my husband was giving me feedback all the time, and I really learned that to honor feedback. Um, the students, of course, do because they'd say, hey, I love that. That was fantastic. But some of them might say something and I'd have to listen, depersonalize and say, hey, how can I be better? Um, And having that person 
they can't get off the ship. <laughs> this was a social psychological experiment. Um, so I, I learned to be a better teacher that planning is important, that building blocks are very important one step at a time. And you, and I teach that even in my own mentality, like if I have an art show, it's very overwhelming to say, I'm going to put up 12 pieces of art. Mm-hmm. And I have a, I don't, by the way, I, I work differently. I have the work and then I find the venue or the venue opens up to me. But what I'm trying to say, I learned um, planning is important. I know that sounds like that's cool. Everybody knows that. Uh, but flexibility, you got to read your audience. I mean, you would understand from your background. Mm-hmm. As yeah. If I'm a stand-up comic and it ain't going right because I've picked the wrong material for that audience, I better switch course. My mm-hmm. audience was um, fearful adults that were in their 60s to 70s. Some of I did have the odd youth. And they were taught differently than this generation's taught. They were taught out of fear. Mm-hmm. Not holding your pen right. You're not holding this right. You're not doing that. And I would dispel that. Like I might even say, let's do the non-dominant hand today. Uh, let's just do watermarks. So um, reading your audience. Mm, they needed permission to fail, it sounds like. Giving them lots of permission to fail. And that wouldn't have been a vocabulary that we grew up with. So I think even accepting the uh, cruise was giving myself permission to either succeed, which some people don't even like that. The fear of failure and the fear of success. I think the fear of success is actually bigger. Oh, 100%. And it's it's hard to even recognize that that's the fear that's holding you back. It's subtle. It's very subtle. Hey, creative. I'm going to take a quick moment to give a shout out to Artera, who supported the creation of this episode. Artera is redefining the future of art galleries, where art, storytelling, and innovation collide. If you hop on over to their site, they are not only showcasing incredible artists, including the artist who is my guest today on the pod, but Artera is also a community nurturing both established and growing artists alike. If you are a visual artist, sculptor, or maker looking for a supportive and tech-savvy community, check out Artera. If you are an interior designer looking to fill your designs, your homes with curated art, check out Artera. And if you are an art lover who enjoys learning the story of an artist before you buy, you should definitely check out Artera. Alrighty, let's dive back into the show. Speaking of fears, so Lori, I know that you sort of later on in life went back after, after like you had mentioned like becoming a parent and you were taking community art classes. And then I know we talked about this. You went back to school for art. What, um, what inspired you in that moment? Can you talk a little bit about that time and what inspired you to go to school and kind of get that maybe formalized training? Uh, yeah, I can. It's kind of an organic journey. Um, I had been doing um, art classes 
And I also, I know I worked at an art gallery and one day at the, like I worked as a, a coordinator at a mm-hmm. commercial gallery. And one day I said to my uh, co-partner, I don't know, I'm going, anyhow, I, I went for a, um, a checkup. I ended up having breast cancer and mm-hmm. it was like, oh shit, 40 years old, breast cancer. That's, you know, it's scary. You know, when you it's get terrifying. a diagnosis, uh, the diagnosis on the phone was unequivocal cancer. I didn't even know what the word meant. Unequivocal. Mm. Like it's, it, it is. Anyhow. Right. Very fortunate. It was early breast cancer, good treatment. Um, I came through it, but it made me reassess that I don't want to be in no longer the artist shadow. I think I want to be an artist. Mm. So I had a show. Um, it just happened. I had been painting throughout my um, treatment. I'd been painting before. So painting was a, a grounding. And um, I thought the door opened and I had a show called Celebration of Hope. And I, I gifted money to the Cancer Foundation. And it was very successful. But I had some very snarky remarks. And, and I don't really want to share. I shouldn't share it, but I'll share the vulnerability. You know, it's vulnerable to put yourself out there anyhow. And mm-hmm. then you get a show that's successful because you've, you've sold out. And some of the people within the building had not done well. They should not have had shows at the same time. But the point was I had, well, that was good marketing because of your connection with cancer. That was mm-hmm. never the intent. The intent was I was celebrating a chapter that was very positive outcome. And I wanted uh, other people uh, to know there's hope. So my work is about hope. I didn't know that at the time. It, it sounds like, oh, well, you would have, but no, I, 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 you know, everything's kind of subtle. After that show, it was like, what do I do now? Hmm. The university door opened. There was an, an interview, and I had an interview, and the they come in like these weird judges, and they look at your wonky work, which, <laughs> by the way, is terribly vulnerable. I mean, I didn't think I had much artwork, or and I, quite frankly, I, I'll be honest, art came to me later. So what's talent, you know? Mm-hmm. And they say nothing, and the fellow looked at me, and I went, "Well, I'm prepared for the no," and it was a yes. Yes, you're accepted. Uh, you've got, oh, you know, you've got, um, the comment was previous experience. I had a degree already. And they wanted a lot of adults because I was with your peer group. So at age 41, I'm going to school with my son's era. <laughs> and I'm going, what the heck am I doing? And thank God they did have 15 to 20% mature students because we bring eclectic backgrounds and we're from different countries. And Mm -hmm. it was really a very unique experience. It was conceptual art. Um, It made me get out of my body into my brain, which I don't like because I'm Mm. more physical. But Mm -hmm. it it slowed me down. I wanted to quit. I'm not a quitter. I I am a persistent person, um, and I graduated with some amazing, talented young people. Hmm. And um, so I, I was I was very happy that I 
I did that. And I needed a voice outside of my house. You have adult, well, no, they were, one was doing year 11 and one was starting university. So in Perth, Australia, your uh, families uh, tend to stay and live with you. Like Mm -hmm. it's not like college in or university in the United States where you, you actually get to go away. Perth is the most isolated city. So the universities are such that you are just extending your driving and going there yeah that makes Um, sense so you know what it was great they were all hunkering down doing exams and so was I so it was a highly studious collaborative house and um, it was a very when I look back a positive time what piece of going to college like going to this art school um when you're 40s you're in an environment with adults but also younger people like what what did you find was the most challenging obstacles to overcome in that experience? Uh, when I, uh, the language I now know would be, I'm not good enough. Hmm. Like, why am I here? I'm not good enough. I was with the, the high school program out of Perth, Australia is outstanding. The year 12, in fact, it's, touted as one of the best exhibitions at the state gallery i had a lady come in from sydney i was working with sculpture by the sea and she was a an education officer and i said i can you have a day off what can i take you to i wanted to see the year 12 perspective and they were being picked up by japanese designers my 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 daughter year 12 um what they call um high-end t-e-r art and uh her portfolio was outstanding so I'm sitting with these 18-year-olds and I'm kind of like, holy. I'm like, I, I used to have panic attacks. Mm. Didn't realize it. Like, they had no fear. And, <laughs> and they also, I, I, was, I grew up in a mining town. We did not have art. I came from a very high-end math and science background. Mm. Um, so... I'm not good enough. And then I went, you can figure this out. Take a breath. Some of the uh, reviews were terrible for me first year. Mm -hmm. And the biggest takeaway I'm going to put for you is you can ask for help. Mm. Which is really hard to do. Um, and what I mean by help, I'm not talking technical. I might have gone to one of my superiors and said, I don't get this. And she said, you've got to find your own space, you know, mental space. And um, yeah, I, I, this one's kind of overused now, but find your voice. I didn't know what that meant because mm-hmm. I mean, there's 2000. And yeah, I think I talked to a few um, of my mentors. They weren't really mentors. I said, I'm really struggling here. What's going on? And one of them did divulge to me, you know, very few of us have a teaching background. Hmm. So the ones I talked to actually had education and they were the ones to help me navigate the, the, the conceptual game. I'm going to put it down. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it's it's wonderful to be taught by people who are experts and 
just from my own experience, I've also seen when somebody's an expert, when somebody's passionate about something, and I'm not saying teachers aren't, sometimes if they don't have those teaching skills or if they don't know, like teaching is also a skill. It is 100% a skill. And so if they haven't developed those, those teaching skill sets, there can be that breakdown in between their brilliance and what they're trying to instill and the learner's experience, which ultimately doesn't help the learner grow to that next level. And you had that, you have that insight. You articulated that absolutely beautifully. (laughs) Well, thank you. And I understood that once I understood that I was able to navigate in a healthy space. Hmm. And I was one of the few mature adults that did, because I did it in the three-year period. Mm-hmm. A lot, they really work on a part-time, like they really have a flexible system where you can do part-time. So people would do it over seven years. Oh, wow. Yeah, mm-hmm. because they, it, in those days, and I really like that system because they know people have to work. So it worked, it worked well. But yeah, that was a good experience. I'm very, I'm actually, I, I guess I would say I'm proud of that degree. My first degree being physical education out of McMaster University, I was just a happy 17-year-old and it happened. (laughs) This one I had to work at. Yeah, absolutely. What do you find is the difference now? So you, you kind of, I mean, I'm summing up your story and I know there's so much more to your story, but you, you had this wonderful exhibition right after being diagnosed with breast cancer. You went to school, you had more exhibitions. What do you find is the difference now whenever you show your art, whenever you put your art on display? What is that experience like for you in this in this time right now? <laughs> we have a very funky time. As you know, it's been very challenging. Um, we are we're still opening up uh, after COVID. So, of mm-hmm. course, um, I had a very... Um, lovely son who did a website for me back in 1994. Can you believe it? <laughs> That's he awesome. But I, I had to get modern. So uh, to answer your question, I, I've recognized that an, an online presence is important. Um, mm-hmm. I always had one as a portfolio. I did do an online um, shop, which is not really have to be mindful how I say this. Uh, it's very different for me because I'm more of a portfolio person. Um, mm-hmm. But I I learned the back end of Shopify and my my um, accolades go out to Parissa from Artera.ca slash she's got her own website design because I I don't like to ask for help um, and I yeah. like to do things on my own because I'm very practical even in a money sense I'm practical and uh, I said okay can you help me you know kind of integrate double check so that that was good because when i i'm in a northern ontario community and i don't know if people are yet confident of of getting out to the arts and i mean that nicely toronto is active vancouver's amazing i've been to vancouver Mm -hmm. um i still like to show my art but my art when i put on an exhibition is about connecting community Mm. i'll give you a good example uh, Subri Art Gallery um, is going through um, some relocation issues and they're a youthful group. Um, so 
what they do is they collaborate with the Sudbury Theatre Centre and my um, art was shown there. It's, uh, it's more about connecting those two organizations, opening doors and opening minds. Um, I wasn't allowed to have an opening, which is very unusual for me because something came up with a renovation. I was okay with that. Like I sent people there, uh, the reviews were good from my, from, for my ears. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and of course it's, it's, they're growing their own visuals, you know, mm-hmm. the galleries, um, able to say, this is what we're doing. So if I can just connect people to getting out, engaging in the art, and even if it's like, um, in, in Australia, it was opening doors, opening minds. We do it at mental health institutes. So we'd get people off, you know, people that hated to go into something that was anything to do with disability or mental health. They would put a beautiful show in and that would break down the barriers of going into different venues. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I still like to show my art. And of course, I love when someone says I'd like to buy it, but you know, of that's course. the icing on the cake. I, I, I mean, <laughs> you know, that, that, that's the icing on the cake. And, um, and that happens. And, but I'm, I'm lucky that that's not my um, validation. Hmm. Um, Where do you feel like your, your reward comes from, from art? I'm going to tell like you your this- personal. Yeah, this one's really touching. And you very rarely hear these stories because one, okay, I'll get explained. And I'm I'm using the uh, painting as my story. Mm-hmm. So at the moment, that's what I'm working in, 2D. I'm a painter. Um, I have a niece that works in Sudbury, Ontario at the Health Science North, which is your um, hospital environment. She does outpatients. Um, I had a huge tulip painting I had done and I don't want to keep my paintings under the bed or, uh, you know, I, I, I make sure they move. They're going somewhere. So I dropped off some paintings to her and a year later she goes, oh, Lori, I just had a client, a patient that came in to my office and she just broke down in tears. And I said, what? She said that she was so joyful to see your painting of tulips. The colors took her home to Holland. Hmm. And obviously, you know, if you've not been well, sometimes your comforts are your, your roots. Yep. I thought, wow. You know, I do get people say to me, um, I've just been back to Australia. So I have, uh, I had a very nice art patron group there. And sometimes they were people I knew and I walk in and I see my art on the wall and it's like, like <laughs> one minute I'm saying, I, I don't say a lot because I'm now, I've now improved or, but the point is I, I'm very honored that they still have my art on the wall because quite frankly, you don't have to have, you know. Sure. You, you switch things out and you give things away. And um, so that that's kind of nice. Yeah, that's a beautiful story. And 100% I can relate to that story of like art in a hospital is, is more powerful than I think maybe even some artists realize. Of, very, um, very powerful. Yep. Because I'll give you an example. Murdoch Hospital, St. John of God, 
recognize that and they have an art curator and um, one of my pieces got selected. I was very, very, very honored. Uh, it was a very special piece in honor of my brother-in-law. I will get teary. <laughs> I got teary, so you're not alone. <laughs> so it is very moving. Um, and you don't know that. You Once you have an object that goes out into space, you never know where it will end up. God bless uh, Van Gogh. You know, God bless him. Mm-hmm. You know, now we have the virtual uh, 360 shows that you walk into and they are so powerful and he would have never known that. So, it, by the way, it is nice when people do um, share that with you. Absolutely. It's it's good to hear the feedback. And it's a good reminder, too, that we should share that more often. I know I reached out to a writer on Instagram which I was like, oh, she she has a ton of followers. I don't know that she really cares, but I was so moved by the book she wrote. I was just like, you know what? I should I should tell her this. I should just send a message. I don't know if she'll see it, but she ended up replying, and it was that like lovely reminder that those messages matter, even when you, even when you're sending it to somebody who you think doesn't have the time of day for you. That gratitude, absolutely. So Lori, I know we're coming up on time. So my last question for you is what advice would you give to artists today who are looking to feel more confident? I would say just do it one step at a time. And they're little steps. Like the confidence might be remember your local community. You know, it might hmm. be hey, we need some art or we'd like you to go into a show. Just do it. Um, I am big on non-art programs, like uh, challenge yourself to maybe a public speaking course or a writing course or clock into, um, and I'm not pitching this because I don't know you, but you, you obviously have courses or look at people that can help you along the way. So but just do it because it does take practice and and that the experience of it um, grows like, you know, the little old snowball and you can slowly make that beautiful snowman. So mm-hmm. building blocks. Absolutely. Lori, how can we see more of your work and keep in touch with you? I do have a website. It is, Lori, L-A-U-R-I-E-J, Cochrane, C-O-C-H-R-A-N-E.com. And if you go on my website, please um, do sign up for the newsletter. I'm uh, really enjoying putting out one. So that's a very good contact. I do have Instagram. It's also Lori J. Cochrane. Um, that would be lovely. I'd love to hear from you and um if you have questions about art, I have quite a lot of background, so feel free to ask me something. <laughs> it's been very wonderful talking to you. Um, I just love your energy. I'm enjoying your podcast. And, and that's another thing. Listen to Victoria's podcast. They're very inspiring and motivating. Mm, thank you, Lori. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you very much. Have a good day. 
festive season. All right, creative, here is your one thing this week. What's something you've never tried before that scares you? This could be a a tactic in your business. This could be reaching out to somebody who excites you but intimidates you. This could be applying for a new opportunity. This could be talking to somebody you've always wanted to talk to, whatever the scenario. Identify one thing you've never tried that scares you just a little bit. And in the words of Lori, I want you to do it anyway. Put yourself out there and just see what happens. All right, creative, if you've enjoyed this podcast episode, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. It's the number one way you can show the empowered creatives your love and appreciation. And until next week, stay creative.